Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Happy Mother's Day weekend. All the moms out there, includes my wife, of course. Big shout out to her. Probably waking up with the kids right now out here in rainy L.A. And, of course, my mom. Hope you guys took care of the wives, the grandmas. It's an important weekend. Show them some love, and thanks to the sports schedule. Wow, I mean, they really hooked us up on Mother's Day weekend. You could hang out with the wife on Friday night. No NBA. Saturday night, also no NBA. Of course, you got to tell her Sunday, hey, let's get in the uh, the fun stuff early. We got Celtics, Celtics versus LeBron. Top priority on Sunday, Mother's Day. We're going to do a plenty on that series today. Um, Iowa Sam's looking at me. He's got his Iowa sweatshirt on. Almost like he knows what my pick is going to be in that series. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be way, way closer than the experts think. So we'll do a lot on that. I want to talk about the 75th highest paid quarterback in the NFL on this show today. 75th highest. I bet you can't guess who that is, but it is, it's a great story. We're going to dive deep into that. We're actually going to mention some SEC football. You're going to want to stick around for that. But I've got to start here with a simple question, everybody. Driving your kids around on a Saturday morning, maybe going to get some donuts. You got a bagel, and and you look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what is the price of happiness? And I ask this because there's a handful of NBA teams out there who are getting very angry when they wake up this morning, turn on their radio, or they go on websites or social media, and they see the news that according to Marcus Thompson, of the Athletic, he's going to be joining this show in two hours. The big story in sports, and I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it, is that Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors is in negotiations for an extension with the team. And if you are Lakers fans, uh, if you're a fan of the Clippers, the 76ers, you were one of those teams that thought, oh man, I'm going to get Clay Thompson next summer. He's a free agent. The Warriors can't afford him. Think again, people. And that goes right back to the root of my question. What is the price of happiness? And folks, Clay Thompson is sending a message just as Kevin Durant sent two years ago when he came to the Warriors. I value winning over a dozen or two dozen more million dollars. And I know that's going to be a shocker to a lot of listeners because they're going to say, oh, oh, listen, Joe Public over here. Give me the $18 million. I I would never take less money. It's easy to say that, folks, but I'm going to explain it to you. Taking less money is tied to your happiness. It it truly is. And I want to start here because a lot of people might say, well, Jason, listen, Warriors are going to be fine without Klay Thompson. He's afraid to be the man in Philly or to be the man 
with the Lakers to be the one they want to build around. He he just wants to be a cog. Uh, well, let, let's first of all let's start by putting the man in quotes, okay? Because technically, Clay Thompson is the man in Golden State. Okay, I know Curry has won two MVPs. Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. He's coming off a Finals MVP. But do the Warriors get Kevin Durant if Clay doesn't explode for 41 points and 11 threes in Game 6 against OKC? Are we forgetting who's going to guard James Harden in this Rockets-Warriors Conference Finals? That's Clay Thompson, the best defender on the perimeter. So Clay is the man. When you look at the Warriors, they are built so wisely from who they drafted and why. Don't think that there isn't some symmetry between the DNA of Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Two guys who grew up watching their fathers play in the NBA. And they knew their father's happiness as well. They knew, man, I'd rather be around a guy who's uh, uh winning titles. And happy in the offseason as opposed to getting bounced in the first round or second round. Clay Thompson is going to leave $18 million on the table to sign that extension with Golden State. Now the numbers are, uh, you know, I could give the numbers to you here and it's a little fuzzy in that he can leave and go to, say, the Lakers next summer, Clay Thompson, or the Sixers for four years and $139 million. Or he can stay for five years in 121. We know he can't take the max from the Warriors. That's obvious. Because they, they just simply can't afford it and the luxury tax would be astronomical. So Clay is essentially leaving $18 million on the table. Now, as someone who's in the media, you know, I, I deal with the taxes out here in California. I have an agent who, you know, who gets, they get their cut. That $18 million that Clay's leaving on the table, folks, that's really $9 million. And I know out there you're, oh, come on, it's $9 million, Jason. How could you pass up $9 million? Well, let's think about Clay Thompson for a second. What, anybody follow him on Instagram? I know you guys follow me, of course. And you see my exciting life out here in L.A. Do you follow Clay Thompson? Boring. Yeah, I stole that from you, Sam. I know you're looking for it there on the board. Boring. Clay, Clay Thompson is not living that that best life he can live on Instagram. He's not up in the clubs every weekend. He doesn't have an entourage of, of 10 dudes on the payroll. Clay Thompson's not posing on the front of a Bentley so you can know what he's about. That's just not his style. That's not who he is. Clay Thompson, to him, yo, I'm, I'm passing up $9 million. Well, I'm going to be on a winning team. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be in the finals or the conference finals every year. Well, yeah, that to me is happiness. And remember, Clay's dad played in the NBA. He was a number one overall pick in the late 70s. He made good money in the 80s. Clay Thompson's dad's now been in the media for 20 years, but he won two titles. The two titles trump it all. His dad's going to be in demand forever because he won two titles. And I was talking with producer Rob before the show, and we fundamentally disagree on this. And that's good for radio. We will discuss it. At length later, I want him to hear my whole argument, and then he can just fire back at me. But, you know, we've batted this around. And and I said to him, listen, if there is a parallel here, I think of Clay Dumar, <laughs> Clay Thompson as Joe Dumars on the Pistons when they won their two titles. Joe Dumars was so instrumental to that team. But he was never a regular season MVP. He made a couple all-NBA teams. Yeah. Good player, good shooter. 
But he wasn't the guy in Detroit. That was Isaiah Thomas, okay? Joe Dumars was a second fiddle, second banana, and there's nothing wrong with that. Guess what? Joe Dumars has been in front offices. He's going to be in demand as a speaker everywhere he goes forever because guess what? He was that great defender who got in Michael Jordan's head and prevented Jordan from winning titles early in his career. So if Clay had the choice, would you rather be Joe Dumars, who's winning titles, having a great life, or a guy like, I don't know, Mitch Richmond, who was an awesome shooter in the 80s and 90s? Mitch Richmond, a phenomenal basketball player. He didn't win squat. And there's a chance that you're saying, who's Mitch Richmond if you're under the age of 30? You know Joe Dumars. You don't know Mitch Richmond. And, and again, Clay Thompson, let's look at expectations for this. Clay Thompson's coming out of Washington State, right? Remember he had that weed issue. It was kind of a, a big deal was made out of it. He was still a lottery pick. But if you looked at Clay Thompson coming out of Washington State and said, hey, Clay, you're going to make $150 million. You're going to win titles. And you're going to be in demand because you were on one of the greatest dynasties in NBA history. Would you sign up for that in a heartbeat? Clay Thompson would, oh, yes, sir. Where, where do I sign? In a heartbeat. So ex- when you look at expectations, and I said this about Draymond Green. Draymond Green was a second-round pick, ladies and gentlemen. You don't think he thought, okay, I, I make a, a, a nice contract in the NBA. You know, as a second-round pick, I get on a team. I carve out a nice living. I make, I don't know, $20, 30000000 million. Draymond Green, same mindset. I want to win. I want to do whatever it takes to win. You want to turn me into a three-point shooter? I'll do it. You need me to be the defensive player of the year? I will do it. Draymond Green was smart. He got an $84 million contract. Unforeseen. Again, I'm talking Clay Thompson. Smart. Draymond Green. Smart. What is the price of happiness? Winning. Winning matters above all. I'm not, we're not saying, Clay, leave $100 million on the table. He got a $68 million extension after his rookie contract. Now you're splitting hairs. And yes, I think $121 million versus $139 million is splitting hairs. When you've already got a lot of friggin' money. So people, listen, you got to deal with this in your life, folks. Trust me, you're going to have offers to leave your job. And you're going to have to weigh the price of happiness. Man, I love working with these guys. I really enjoy this group. We are winning championships. Do I want to leave for just a little bit more money? It's going to be a difficult decision for everybody. But Clay Thompson is going to wake up, look himself in the mirror and say, what do I want to be? Do I want to be a champion or do I want to be a guy who maybe pumps in 27 points a game on a team that isn't winning a title? What's meaningful to me? Is it winning? Is it happiness? Or is it having, oh, that extra $10 million so I could go on more vacations and maybe have another Porsche or three in the stable? Again, Clay Thompson's not about that life. Go look at his Instagram page. And folks, Kevin Durant, I got to repeat this. He was in Oklahoma City. They could have offered him the world. He looked around and said, oh, What's the price of happiness here? I'm in, I'm in Oklahoma City. I'm playing with a uh, ball hog point guard. We, we're not winning anything. I, I, I'm going to be labeled as a, a guy who hasn't won anything. 
Kevin Durant took less money, goes to the Warriors, is the NBA Finals MVP, and wins a ring in year number one. He's looking at another ring this year. Kevin Durant's just starting. That Oklahoma City stuff is going to be a distant memory. He chose happiness. He left his comfort zone in OKC, went west, didn't care what the haters said, although we know he's a little insecure, right? He has the burner accounts on social media. But I'm telling you, the Warriors have done a phenomenal job finding the right guys who are wired the way they want them to be. Now, the Celtics, and we're going to get to them a little bit later, they have found it on a different level. And this is a level that should scare LeBron here in the playoffs. But when you're building a team, whether it's here at a radio station, whether it's at FS1, the network where I'm at five days a week, whether you're building a a team there, you're building an NBA team, you're building an NFL team, and yes, I know Tom Brady took less, his wife is worth $300 million or whatever. Again, some of these guys value happiness over I want every single last dollar. Pay me or I'm out. What is the price of happiness? I think Clay Thompson looked himself in the mirror and he got the answer. And the Warriors, folks, are just starting the greatest dynasty in modern NBA history. I applaud Clay Thompson for uh, assuming the deal goes through. Again, the, the negotiations have begun. Clay wants to stay. He's choosing happiness over a little bit more money elsewhere. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, boy. I, I, I absolutely love this. You're, you're going to, it's probably going to blow your mind, but LeBron is the Nick Saban of the Eastern Conference. I'll explain next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Boy, a lot of people fired up about Clay Thompson this morning. I just absolutely think he's making the right decision, picking happiness over a few extra million or a dozen extra million. So we got a couple callers we'll take here in a second. Just to recap. So if Clay Thompson says no to signing elsewhere and just plays out his contract next year and then says, I'm not going to take four years, $139 million with the Lakers or Clippers or Knicks or whoever you want to, uh, 76ers, they need a shooter. And he stays with Golden State. His extension would be four years, $92 million. So, of course, people are going to try to make it dramatic while he's leaving $50 million, 47 to $50 million on the table. And again, yes, that is that different from 18? Yes, but when you already have banked over $150 million, do you want to win titles? Or do you want an extra $25 million? Uh, the money's going to come and go. The legacies live forever. All right, let's take a call. Mike in Los Angeles, how are you? You're on the big lead with Jason McIntyre. Doing great. Uh, I, I agree with your take 100%, and I'm a longtime Laker fan, and I listen to uh, Clay's dad, Michael Thompson, on a regular basis, and I'm uh, in no love affair with the Doves whatsoever. Uh, I could tear apart Steve Kerr for, uh, for taking his... Uh, positions off the court. I'm not a Draymond Green fan. I think uh, Kevin Durant took the easy way out. Uh. However, (laughs) Clay Thompson uh, uh, taking a haircut financially to be happy is the right move. uh, 
to be with the Hampton, uh, what is it called, the Hampton, Hampton Five? Hampton Five, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. If, if these guys are all uh, in a pact, and, and I, I would call this player collusion, uh, and uh, that's another topic, and I think it's uh, just as, uh, uh, should be as illegal as uh, owner collusion, but that's not the topic. The topic is, uh, is what, you, what you made it, Jason, and, and it's a great topic. Take less money. You're already at a hundred million, and we're not even talking about off the court endorsements. Yes, that's a great point. Stay there. They, they, you love your teammates. They love you. You're winning chips, and every and uh, who knows next time Clay uh, Steph comes around, he he might do the same thing, uh, and and likewise, and, and and Kevin Durant's already proven it. Um, if I'm a Dove fan, I'm in complete basketball nirvana yes thank you very much for the call mike uh i forgot about that remember off the field tom brady he's able to take less because his wife makes a lot of money tom brady can make big bank in under armor and uggs and commercials easily no problem all right one more call real quick steve from oakland steve what do you got you're on with jason mcintyre the big lead fox sports radio well jason first of all i want to say how much i enjoy your your soliloquies I think they're just fantastic, I, and it's consistent. It's not just today. But, of course, as an Oakland kid, I'm a diehard Warriors fan, suffering through all the bad years and now experiencing basketball heaven. It's a it's a great thing. But uh, another point, I think you t- almost touched on it. Um, you know, you got Sean Livingston and Andre Iguodala and, of course, KD on this team. Those guys have played other places. So they get to say yes. to Clay, they get to say to Clay, man, you need to know that not every team is it's yeah. like this. That's Where everybody's point. happy, it's a collective effort from ownership on down. Everybody's on the same page. There's a work ethic. There's a rapport. All this, these, these veterans can tell a guy like Clay that, Man, you don't ever want to move away from this situation, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, no doubt. Thank you for the call, uh, Steve. Because let's, Steve makes a great point, everybody. Steve, I mean, this is great. Andre Iguodala was in Philadelphia when they couldn't get out of the second round. He knows what losing is like. Okay, Sean Livingston had, was with the Clippers for a while. Those guys know losing. It ain't fun. So if you could say, hey, take an take take an a less of eighteen million, or if you want to use you know, some hyperbole. Forty-seven million. Leave it on the table, dude. You'll make up some of the money elsewhere. You're in Silicon Valley. You're in high demand. You're living a good life at a. Uh, honestly, you're flying private. Whether you're making a hundred million or two hundred million, it, you're flying private. Like you don't have to. I mean, come on. All right, I, I want to quickly pivot here to Nick Saban and LeBron James. There is a parallel, everybody. It's, I mean, you, there is. It's not often that you can compare college football to the NBA. Since Nick Saban got to Alabama in 2007, you guys remember that first year? He only went seven and six. Remember, he had left the Dolphins. And everybody in the Deep South remembers that first year because Saban lost to Louisiana Monroe in a home game. That was hilarious. It was like, oh, Nick Saban, that failure. He failed with the Miami Dolphins, then turned tail, ran to college, and now he lost to Louisiana Monroe. A lot of people laughed at Nick Saban. You know what he did in year two, right? 12 and two. Since the first two years, he won five titles in nine years. And in his wake, he has just left body bags all over the SEC. Coaches fired up and down. 
This is a staggering number. Are you ready for this? Since 2008, 26 coaches have been fired or resigned in the SEC. That's the Nick Saban effect. He dominates that conference to the point that other schools are just angry beyond belief that they cannot compete. Mark Richt. They were, listen, any other part of the country, they're building statues for Mark Richt. Three top 10 finishes at Georgia since Nick Saban was fired. Five 10 win seasons. He still got canned because of Nick Saban. Remember Les Miles? He won a national title. Three top 10 finishes since Saban was hired. Fired at LSU because of Nick Saban. I could go up and down the list. A couple guys at Auburn, Gene Chizik, Tommy Tuberville. Nick Saban ends coaching careers or has people running for the hills. And you know what? LeBron is doing the exact same thing in the Eastern Conference. This is staggering. So LeBron has beaten 33 coaches in the or th- sorry, he has 33 playoff series wins, 3 against the West in the finals. So he has 30 in the East. He, after playoff series wins against 5 of them, coaches were instantly fired. Now a sixth Jason Kidd left the Nets, probably knowing that he was going to get canned. So you're looking at essentially LeBron beating you in the playoffs, and there's a 20% chance you're going to get fired. Is that not crazy? Absolutely staggering. Now, the names aren't as high profile as what Nick Saban has done in the SEC. But LeBron, after beating Michael Curry, Michael Curry got canned. Vinny Del Negro, Jim Boylan. Of course, the Jason Kidd situation I mentioned. And then the two biggest ones, Tom Thibodeau in 2015 with the Bulls, canned, couldn't get by LeBron. And, of course, Dwayne Casey this week in Toronto. Now, uh, comparing LeBron to Nick Saban, I mean, one's a player, one's a coach, but the overriding similarities there is that, dude, when you've got a juggernaut that nobody can take down, the coach is getting canned. Uh, Toronto Raptors probably aren't going to tinker that much with their roster. And, of course, in college football, you can't do much. But if you're a coach on the sidelines and you see you're going up against LeBron or Nick Saban, you uh, you, you may want to just quickly talk to a real estate agent and be like, hey, uh, uh, am I in trouble here? What's going on? Because, uh, honestly, when you look, there, there have been other coaches that LeBron has pretty much gotten fired. Remember when he beat the Wizards and Eddie Jordan three years in a row? That was when his first tour of duty with the Cavs. Uh, Gilbert Arenas was on one of those teams. There was like a bunch of guys who wanted to fight LeBron, Deshaun Stevenson, a bunch of punks. And essentially, LeBron beats them three years in a row. They didn't fire their coach, but then the next year they started 1-10 and and they fired their coach. So it's like basically LeBron, you know, killed him. Remember, Doc Rivers and the Celtics had a super team. LeBron said, okay, I'm going to go to Miami, get my own super team. Doc Rivers is like, oh boy, we can't get by LeBron. And a year after LeBron had bounced him twice, he gets fired. Frank Vogel at Indiana, Mike Budenholzer in Atlanta. These weren't right after LeBron beat him. But again, LeBron James is having the same impact in the East that Nick Saban is having in the SEC. It's tremendous. All right, coming up next year. On the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. You know, envy and jealousy is not a good look. And I'm seeing something in sports that, that it's it's just, I, I you don't see this normally with this many people 
green with envy. We'll talk about that next, but first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Morning, Jason. We begin in golf with round three of the Players' Championship, where as we speak, Tiger Woods is already four under through six holes today. He's at five under par overall and is now ten shots behind leader Webb Simpson. Baseball Friday night. Matt Harvey pitched four scoreless innings in his Reds debut as Cincinnati defeated the Dodgers 6-2. The Dodgers are now 16-22 and overall, just 8-11 and at home. In Toronto, the Blue Jays' Luke Maley hit a seventh-inning home run to tie the Red Sox, and then in the bottom of the 11th inning... Red Sox looking for the double play grounder. First pitch to Maley. Swung on, hit in the air, and a gap in right center field. That's hit deep. That is up, and that is gone! Lukey Barrels walks it off with a two-run homer. The call on 590, the fan, as the Jays won at 5-3. In the Stanley Cup playoffs Friday night, the Washington Capitals won at Tampa Bay 4-2 in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Finally, one NFL note. Today, Cowboys receiver Cole Beasley has just released a full-length hip-hop album entitled (laughs) The Autobiography. It features 13 tracks, including I Am What I Am, Sorry Not Sorry, and Cocky or Confident album already gaining praise from the likes of Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, as well as former Cowboy and current free agent receiver Des Bryant, who just tweeted a short time ago, quote, trying to bump something real? Go get my dog's album now, unquote. Jason, back no, to No, 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 Isaac. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> so Cole Beasley is the new hot white rapper on social media? Is that what this is? I'm looking at the iTunes listing right now, and of the 13 tracks on the autobiography, eight of them have an E listed next to them. I assume Ooh. the E stands for excellent. Yeah, sure it does. All right, thanks, Isaac. <laughs> uh, all right, hey, before we dive into this this topic, which is going to tick some people off. Let me take this call. Eric in Kalamazoo, Michigan, saying that Clay Thompson should leave the Warriors. All right, all right, Eric, the floor is yours. Clay okay. Thompson should leave the Warriors. Let's hear it. Man, his dad played for the Lakers with magic. When he was a little fella, his father had him there. The, the scale model for what they're trying to do out there in Golden State. It was established by magic in them. Nas went back to where his dad played. Prince Fielder, I'm a Tigers man. I saw him down there where his dad Cecil played because Cecil had him there when he was a little fella. It is a no-brainer with that and all that stuff. Talking about turn away the biggest time of your life. Shoot, Steph Curry didn't do that, and he can shoot better than him. I'd love to see him play for L.A. If, if, if Magic called him, man, he should go. And with that LeBron thing, hey, I felt LeBron beat Larry Bird. You said about the Nick Saban thing. I felt Bird was there watching both last year when LeBron swept him, and then Larry came back around. I saw him there with that epic series with Indiana. They they on fire behind that series. It's going to be hard to beat them because what they experienced with that, none of them other teams experienced that warming up for this round here. Huh, okay. So I give them an edge because of that. All right, Eric. Thanks for the call. Eric is uh, saying Clay Thompson should leave because his dad played for the Lakers. I'd say that's a strong argument, Eric. Damn. I mean, no holes in that one. I mean, <laughs> I, I shouldn't even fire back at you. I mean, his dad played for the Warriors. Well. You know what? Uh, Del Curry played for the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, no! Steph Curry's going to be leaving for Charlotte. His dad played. Come on, Eric. Come on. you got to come correct, dog. 
Uh, all right, let, back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Hey, before I get to this uh, this envy story, I just want to rattle off briefly for you what I just found is the quote of the year in the NBA. Uh, Producer Rob, it's the quote of the year. I'm going to have you guess. I'm going to leave the name out. He explained to his girlfriend that there were women constantly throwing themselves at him, and he felt pressure to not refuse them because it's the unspoken rule in the NBA that players hook up with groupies on the road. This is an actual quote. I've left the player and the girlfriend name out. Any guesses you would like to uh, venture there, Rob? Steph Curry. <laughs> no. Uh, Tristan Thompson. Yes. Yeah. No, is that, it, Rob, honestly, is this believable? Tristan Thompson told his what a girlfriend, fiance, baby mama, hey, listen, I- I'm on the road. NBA players hook up with other other women on the road. I, gotta, I had to do it. Or my teammates are going to dog me out. There's no way he actually said this with a straight face. There's zero chance, right? I, <laughs> You're believing this? I don't this? know. I mean, it's not like he could lie about it and say, no, it didn't happen. So instead of trying to lie when you know you're going to get caught, you might as well go the total opposite end of the spectrum and be extremely honest. Oh, my God. There's just no way. Extremely honest. Yeah. Hey, man. I just I was just up in this club okay, this, with my teammates, and Jordan Clarkson was egging me on. This and- guy motorboated two girls in a club <laughs> while his girlfriend was seven months pregnant. Okay, I think it was I like nine. Whatever. <laughs> I don't think he has you know that that part of the brain says, hey, you know what? Don't do or don't say this. Well, you know, I'm sure that he's just gonna flip a switch and start all of a sudden. Tristan Thompson's gonna clean up his act. Hey, he had he had a couple good games there uh, in the playoffs after being a non-factor. For most of it. I, I can't wait to preview Celtics Cavs. Folks, I'm just going to preface it with this. All you're seeing is reaction to the Toronto series. Oh, LeBron's going to steamroll the Celtics. Steamrolled them last year. There's a lock. Okay, we're going to get to that shortly. I want to talk first, though, about Brad Stevens. And I have not seen jealousy on this level that is so transparent in a while. I mean, this is awful. Brad Stevens, a phenomenal coach, loses Gordon Hayward on opening night. Kyrie Irving, you know, late in the season. And not only does he get 50 wins again, but the Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Again. And he doesn't get one vote from his peers for Coach of the Year? Well, I mean, the answer is obvious, but it's still pathetic. 19 years ago, Brad Stevens was at Eli Lilly as a marketing rep at a pharmaceutical company. That's what he was doing. Then he went to Butler as an assistant coach for six years, got the head coaching job for six years, never paid his dues in the NBA, and then got to the Celtics, and everybody loves him. Everybody. Media loves him. Players love him. And the NBA coaches look around and say, this guy didn't pay his dues. He didn't slave away as an assistant coach for 10 years or 15 years or five, one year. Why would I vote for him? So, so of course, the coaches voted Dwayne Casey coach of the year. And they voted for Terry Stotts, who had a good year in Portland. By the way, his ass got swept out of the first round by Anthony Davis. He got coached into a corner and embarrassed by Alvin Gentry. And I like Terry Stotts. He was great this year. That, that guy's getting votes over Brad Stevens? Brad Stevens is playing 20-year-old Jason Tatum, 
21-year-old Jalen Brown. He gets Terry Rozier late, what, 15 in the draft, 16. Terry Rozier's just a backup. And now he's scary Terry Rozier, who is, you know, maybe on par to get a huge payday in free agency in a couple years. All thanks to Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens, this is the true test, Rob, of how good Brad Stevens is. I'm going to give you some names who were in Boston the last couple years. Isaiah Thomas leaves Brad Stevens. What happened? Total non-factor. Jason, he was injured. Fine, we'll move on. Avery Bradley. Last year in Boston, Avery Bradley might have been the best perimeter defender in the league. He was certainly up there. Have you heard a word about Avery Bradley since he was in the Detroit Pistons? Anything. One word. Jay Crowder. He was so bad in Cleveland. LeBron's like, I can't play with this dude. And they shipped him out of town. He was okay with Utah. He was awesome in Boston. 3-D player. Going to get paid. Awesome contract. Like, everybody liked Jalen Jay Crowder. It was great. Kelly Olenek. Game 7. Folks, remember this. Game 7 against the Wizards. It wasn't the Isaiah Thomas game. John Wall famously gagged in the fourth quarter. I think he was like 0 for 10. Kelly Olenek won that game. That is known as the Kelly Olenek game. Has anybody heard from Kelly Olenek since the Miami Heat backed up the brinks for him? Rob, did Kelly Olenek do a damn thing this year? Brad Stevens makes players in this league. I didn't know Kelly Olenek had his own game. I didn't know that. <laughs> Come on. The Kelly you don't Olenek remember game. that game? I, mean, I remember Go. the game. I didn't know it was dubbed the Kelly yeah, Olenek I mean, game. Game seven, Kelly Olenek takes over. It's the shot, the drive, and the Kelly Olenek the game. Kelly Olenek. I mean, dude, the flu game, the Kelly Olenek game. I mean, Brad Stevens makes these guys. But here's the problem we have, and this extends to maybe your industry, whatever you're in. I know it extends to TV and radio. Uh, I It's in the media, definitely. But there is a lack of respect for people who didn't pay their dues. Well, oh, hey, Jason, what small town did you start your TV radio career in? I I didn't really. I kind of came an unconventional way. Well, Brad Stevens is unconventional. A lot of people are unconventional. I, I started a website, you know, a lot, some hard work, some luck, a lot of luck. And that led to where I am now. Could I have moved to Kalamazoo, Michigan and started my radio career? Certainly. Could, should I have gone to Des Moines, Iowa and started a TV career in the local market and worked my way up? Sure. But I, did, I didn't want to do that. I, and I'll never forget this. I came out of college and I was applying to all these newspapers across the country. And, you know, I'm getting some bites. And one co- I hadn't even graduated. It was like last semester. A company in Michigan, a, a newspaper company, flies me up. This town called Bay City, Michigan. Have you guys heard of it? Tiny town. And I'm like, oh, they want to fly me in and interview me and all that? Oh, this is great. I was still in college. And then they start talking money, and I'm like, oh, that's not terrible. Again, this is, you know, a newspaper, and I'm a college kid. But they're like, yeah, 27000 I was like, that's not terrible. And then I get to Kalamazoo, Michigan. Or, or I think it's, sorry, Bay City, Michigan. And I start driving around. I'm like, holy cow. I'm going to move here. I'm going to live here in Bay City. I I don't know anybody for like six states. Like, I'm going to cover sports out here? Like, no, I'm not doing this. So I got, you know, got a little luck involved with everything. And I get a job right outside New York City. But again, 
I was living in New Jersey, didn't really know anybody there. I'm in Hackensack, New Jersey, right outside New York City. The worst thing is you can wake up, you go to your car, and then you can like, see the New York City skyline. And you're like, man, I'm so close. I'm so close to the big time. So what did I do? I just said, I'm not going to live here in Jersey anymore. Let me just move into New York City and hope for the best. And I, I just came an unconventional way, and some people don't respect me for that, and that's fine. But Brad Stevens and the jealousy and the envy, this is unbecoming of NBA coaches. Get a clue, people. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Man, there is an NFC franchise that just cannot seem to get out of its own way. It, it's an embarrassment to the league. We're going to talk about them next. Sam, who's this? Sounds like Michael Jackson? Yeah, it's uh, Daft Puck. D- oh, yeah. Excuse, Daft Puck. Who's Daft Puck? <laughs> Daft Punk with The we- the Weeknd. It sounds Michael jackson It does, yeah, it does. Yeah. Good song, good tune. Sam, up on all the new stuff right, that the right. kids are listening to. Exactly. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This next topic is a tough one because, uh, you know, now we don't know what happened. Nobody could possibly know what happened. But the Detroit Lions head coach, Matt Patricia, got dragged into a, uh, a really ugly situation this week where a newspaper reported that 22 years ago he was involved in some kind of alleged sexual assault and he was arrested and indicted and then all of a sudden the woman backed out and and it, it, uh, somehow the Detroit Lions missed this somehow the New England Patriots missed this and now it comes out 22 years later so let me start with the big picture of course this happens to the Lions right it didn't happen when he was in New England but of course it's got to happen to one of the worst franchises in the NFL over the last three decades I mean, are you guys aware that the Lions last won a playoff game in 1991? There are plenty of 25-year-old Lions fans who have never seen their team win a playoff game. That's staggering. 26 years, no playoff wins. That's second longest in the NFL. Only the Bengals are worse. This is a Lions team that went 0-16 in 2008. Since Barry Sanders left, I mean, Calvin Johnson's probably the only Hall of Famer on that team. But this, this, this team's been a joke. And now you got this Matt Patricia story, and I got to ask. Albert Breer went on the Doug Gottlieb show on here on Fox Sports Radio this week and said if he was the journalist who uncovered the story, he would not have run with it. And his, his logic is kind of sound. It's like, okay, you've got the story from 22 years ago. There appears to be no new evidence. And I say appears for a reason I'll get to in a second. But what do you have? You have a 22-year-old allegation where nothing came of it. And now Matt Patricia's kind of smeared. And it's a delicate you know, topic because who, I don't know if Matt Patricia did this. Nobody does. Is it fair to bring it to light? I, you could argue it's not. Now, the flip side of this, of course, is, is this the tip of the iceberg? It's been a few days. We haven't heard any other allegations of impropriety from Matt Patricia. 
Because, you know, like, like, listen, you talk to lawyers, you talk to clinical psychologists. These aren't usually one-offs. If someone behaves like this and acts like this and does this, they did they do it again and again. Especially if they don't get technically caught or thrown in jail. So there hasn't been any of that. But I wonder, I'm going to ask you this, the listener. How does the story get found? 22 years, nobody to uncover it before. Did maybe somebody know about it and leak it to the newspaper? Did somebody leak this to get the newspaper onto it and then they're going to come in with more evidence later? Now, this is 1996. There were no cell phones, okay? There were no, uh, you know, social media aspects to this. So I don't know what's next. I hope nothing. But, man, the Detroit Lions absolutely cannot get out of their way. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I've been teasing you for a while. Celtics versus LeBron. Folks, this series is going to be much closer than what you think. Don't look at that Raptors series. Don't look at those choking dogs. The focus here should be on Brad Stevens and the Boston Celtics. Happy Mother's Day weekend, everybody. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I'm coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios out here in rainy Los Angeles. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Fun first hour in the books. Very exciting second hour coming up, starting right now. I mean, I'm listen. So excited. I, I, listen, I am excited to talk about the NBA playoffs. I do want to just, I got to tease it again because I think there's something here. The 75th highest paid quarterback in the NFL is the biggest story heading into the season. Uh, that's a tease. I know it's 30 minutes from now, but I'm telling you, this is fascinating stuff. We'll get to that, but we've got to start here with the NBA. The games begin tomorrow. Enjoy your Mother's Day with your wife, your mom, your grandma, whoever. I really get all the good time in today, unless you're watching golf. You know, I don't know uh, what the Players' Championship, by the way, is this a major, guys? Do you even know, Nick? Is this? I, I don't know. I just saw, you know, Hurt Isaac, and I've got the. Oh, this is the fifth major, according to producer Rob. Uh, I, I've got it on the screen here, and Isaac's giving updates. Tiger Woods is playing well. It's not a technical major, but listen, if Tiger wins, it's news. But I got to start with the NBA playoffs, and I've been talking about this for the last hour. Telling you guys, listen, this is just, the reality is, this is not going to be LeBron in four or five. It's not. People forget the Toronto Raptors, the Raptors, got steamrolled by LeBron. And in gambling, in the NBA, all we remember is what we last saw. And that's why everybody's saying, oh yeah, LeBron's got this. I mean, no Kyrie Irving, no Gordon Hayward. Folks, how often do I have to remind you about that Indiana Pacers series? I think part of the reason Dwayne Casey got fired is because, again, you can't lose 10 straight playoff games to LeBron. You can't get swept two years in a row when you just saw the Indiana Pacers beat LeBron three times and twice by double digits handily. Once in Cleveland. I mean, Toronto's getting destroyed. And and Casey gets fired. I'm telling you, I firmly believe that the Celtics, because of what they can do defensively, switching on everything, 
They've got Tatum, Brown, Morris. These are versatile 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", defenders who know, hey, we can't let Kyle Korver go nuts. We can't let Kevin Love get that mismatch on the blocks. I mean, you look at that Toronto series, and not to kill Dwayne Casey, but geez, what was he thinking in that series defensively to help us make sense of this madness? LeBron going to another straight finals Joining the show now, I believe for the first time since he got to ESPN, the great Adrian Wojnarowski. Good morning, Woj. How are you? Jason, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining the show. Hope you're settling in. Great to your new job. I I, I tell folks I ran into you at the NBA All-Star Weekend out here, and uh, it was great to see you, man. I hadn't seen you in a while, and, you know, Woj now at the top of the industry for NBA reporters, and, you know, let's let's start with this one, Woj. When you look at Mm -hmm. Cleveland and what they did to Toronto— and then you look at Cleveland and how much they struggled versus Indiana. Which series do you think this one will look more like? I think it'll look more like the Indiana series. I, I do. I think Boston's, and, and you said it there in your open, uh, I think Boston's versatility defensively and their ability to execute. It's a team that executes really well, and, and that's obviously so important in the playoffs. Um, you know, the Toronto series would have been might have been different if Toronto executed in game one a little differently. And then uh, later in the series, um, when LeBron goes coast to coast and and they don't get the ball out of his hands and don't get into overtime, it's a different series. And so those moments and, and those few possessions at times can dictate so much. And Boston has shown a great ability to be able to execute. And uh, I think that will lend itself to a longer series. Yeah, we're talking with Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN. Woj, uh, were you surprised that Brad Stevens, who's done this without Gordon Hayward and who uh, lost Kyrie Irving this season, got zero votes from his peers for NBA Coach of the Year? Yeah, I would I would say surprise, certainly. Uh, I'm not sure how the ballot was set up. I, th- I think it may have been more where you just voted for number one. It wasn't like a top three like you might see with the, I guess, would be the media award where they, um, you know, they kind of scale it based on first place, second place votes. Uh, so that, I guess, makes it possible that it was just maybe everybody in the league thought he was the second best coach or the third best this year. Or in the, on, it, um, but, yeah, to not get any first place. But I'll say this. I've never sensed any resentment hmm. or coaches not liking him personally or being, quote, unquote, you know, jealous of success. I've never sensed that from coaches. I've never heard coaches talk about him in that way. And I've heard them talk about some of their other peers in that way. (laughs) So I'm inclined to believe that maybe it was just, um, there wasn't the intent that maybe, you know, looking at the vote with a naked eye might, might suggest. Uh, Let's stay with the Celtics for a second. And, you know, the Celtics have one of the best young cores in the NBA. Uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, even Terry Rozier is now joining that. But so do the Lakers, so do the 76ers. And a guy you uh, you and uh, ESPN have reported on heavily is Kawhi Leonard. And and I just got to ask, you know, when you look at his options, whether it's get the Supermax from the Spurs or, you know, hold the franchise hostage and demand a trade the way some other guys have done, you know, is his is his brand damaged to the point that teams, it, hey, I know he was top five in the MVP voting last year, but... I'm going to stick with my young core. This is this seems like a pivotal decision this summer. You know, would you still say that Kawhi is is more is as valuable as he was last year, and, and teams are willing to blow up their young core to get him? 
Well, I don't think – I'm just answer somewhere in between, Jason. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's damaged, but I also know – I mean, from a reputation standpoint. But there is – he did only play nine games this season, and, and there remains – I think to especially those on the outside who don't have privy to his medical information or who haven't examined him, there is some mystery to his medical condition. So it isn't the same as if he's coming off of a season in which he was first team all NBA and I think second in MVP voting. Uh, but the idea that there wouldn't be almost the entire league lining up to try to make a deal for him, well, of course they would. It's a question of, how much would teams give up? And uh, but right now he's not available. You know, yeah. Spurs are not uh, entertaining trade offers for him, and, and it remains to be seen whether they get to that point. But I I don't think that anything has happened that makes teams say, "Hey, we don't want this guy." But it's always in terms of how much. Like if you're, you know, if you were Boston hypothetically, or you mentioned L.A., how much are you willing yeah. to give up? Um, that that's the question, and and that you know obviously LeBron and Paul George could be free agents, and you you could sign them without having to give up much or anything. And, and the Kawhi situation just is such an awkward one. I wonder, do you think you know based on what you've seen, do you think that you know him going to a Dodgers game this week? Did you, I don't know if you saw how the internet reacted, and everybody's like, oh, well, Magic Johnson, <laughs> he used to own some of the Dodgers, and he's in L.A., but. How how frustrating as a as a reporter is it to see stuff like that and you know uh, get asked questions about Kawhi Leonard at a Dodgers game and all this you know uh, b- background yeah, noise? Not, not, no, not at all. In fact, you're the first person who's asked me a question about it. I, oh, okay. I mean, like he can go to. I mean, you know, Dodger tickets aren't that hard to get. <laughs> and, and I mean, when you're you know when you're on a max contract and you know like you don't need to have. Um, you don't need to have connections to the owner or the former owner to go to a baseball game. So, uh, yeah, I think that's probably, I'm not sure that's relevant, you know, relevant to his future. Um, but, you know, obviously he's from Southern California. He's a San Diego guy and he can, you know, he likes to spend time out there. So, um, you know, there's going to be a time here at some point this summer or this spring anyway, where the Spurs sit down with Kawhi Leonard and, and talk and, either get through some of these issues and re um, reconnect or they won't. And if they can't get, um, if they can't get back on the same page together, then the Spurs will have a decision to make about how they want to uh, go forward with Leonard only having one year left on his deal. And, and there's no, the other thing too is it's not, there's no guarantee that the Spurs are going to offer a supermax deal to a player who played nine games last year and, you know, took his medical outside of the organization. Like, like they're not going to just walk into a room and put that down on the table without having a real, I would think, series of conversations to see where they all are together. I, I like, I wouldn't assume they're just over. I, I don't think it's going to go that way. Huh? But is it safe to assume, listen, if you don't offer him the Supermax, he's gone. He's just going to be like, well, I'm out of here. Well, I, I wouldn't assume any of it. I just think like nothing can go forward until they talk. And I, I just don't think the first conversation you have isn't, um, and first of all, you can't offer the deal till July 1 anyway, right. and, but they can talk before then. So I just think right now everything is anticipating what could happen, but these things always take on a life of their own. And I know this, the Spurs want them, and, and they want to continue 
to build their organization around him. And, you know, their roster, what they did last year without him was remarkable. Given that this is a roster, when you pulled him out of the middle of it, you said, boy, the, you know, the, you know, the parts, the parts need, all those parts around him certainly needed Kawhi and, uh, to, um, even get in the playoffs and, you know, nearly win 50 games is pretty remarkable, uh, with that roster. But, but they want them and, and they want to find a way to make this work. It's just how did they get there, and that's that's what they're going to all have to work toward together here. All right, Woj, let me get you out of here on this one. Uh, NBA Draft Combine is uh, next this coming week in Chicago. I know you're always there; you cover it great. Um, I got who who would you say has has the most at stake here, uh, team wise, when it comes to the lottery, which I believe is Tuesday night. Uh, is the easy answer Cleveland, or are we looking at you know, hey, maybe the Seventy Sixers could get a high pick, or I believe the the Celtics could could get the Lakers pick or something along those lines. Who's got the most mm-hmm. at stake uh, this week in the draft lottery in the combine? No, I think a couple teams, and you mentioned. I think Cleveland is really interesting. They they've had uh, Brian Winters was mentioned on my podcast yesterday. Of you know they have Cleveland's had great fortune in the lottery. They always expect to move way up. I think they're a two a two percent chance um, with them. It always feels like it's twenty two percent because they've always, they've moved up. Uh, but I think. The, the one chance that Cleveland has to make a case to LeBron James, or one of the cases, is getting a high pick and having a sense of uh, who they could draft. And or is there a trade to do to use that pick on around draft time? Um, you know, I think without LeBron giving them a sense of how he wants to go forward, if they don't, you know, Brian made the point he has never shown that an inclination to engage with the team and work with them around draft that's going into free agency. He sort of just shuts it down. So it may be harder for them to know what he wants to do, but, yeah, where Cleveland gets, and they held on to that pick, wouldn't trade it, mm-hmm. because that was their insurance policy if LeBron left, or it's part of the case they can make that, hey, we can have a, a, a good young core to go forward with you if you want to stay with us. And so uh, I, I think that'll be really interesting. The Clippers, two picks in the lottery, could they package two picks to move up potentially uh, later, closer to draft day, if there's a player they love? Uh, but it, it'll be a great lottery, like you said. You know, ramifications for not just bad lottery teams, but contenders like Philadelphia and Boston. Yeah, awesome stuff, Woj. All right, enjoy the playoffs. Thanks for taking the time here, and we'll look for your coverage as well, as usual. Thank you, Woj. Thanks, Jason. Talk to you soon, man. All right. Uh, that's old friend Adrian Wojnarowski. Man, uh, folks, listen, I know we got the playoffs, but did you hear what he said about the draft lottery? If Cleveland somehow, somehow, he gets one of those top three or four slots, this is going to be, you know, I, Rob, shucks. We, I almost want to tear up the next segment and be like, should we talk Cleveland conspiracy theory? Are we looking at a frozen envelope this week? I mean, uh, we got we got Tinder Nick in here. We're, maybe we'll touch on that next because I, I know I, I need to finish my Boston Cleveland uh, pick because trust me, this series is going to be close, folks. I, I'm telling you, this is going to be closer than Rockets Warriors. We'll get into all that stuff next here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio. All right, so that's Cole Beasley rapping. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Anytime. Yeah, like I mean, I don't know. Hey, versus I just, Lonzo, who's better? I I, I don't know. I, I gotta say, I guess that's moderately decent. I mean, I don't know. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio.
Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I'll say this about Cole Beasley rapping. He's no vanilla ice, okay? He's no Eminem. I, where's, hold on. Where's Cole Beasley from? Like, he, he just seems like a suburban kid. Let's see. Cole Beasley. I, I'm sure people love that I'm Googling Cole Beasley. Real quick. Well, I mean, Vanilla Ice had like a few songs. Eminem had, he's like one of the best of all time. I don't want to get twisted like that. Come on. Cole Beasley's from Little Elm, Texas. The mean streets of Texas went to Southern Methodist. I, I guess he didn't grow up with a silver spoon in his mouth. But I, I, I Cole Beasley rapping. Hey, whatever. More power to him, man. Hey, do what you got to do. Get that paper. Cole Beasley. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys here in a minute. But we got to piggyback off what Woj just said because everybody's focused on Celtics-Cavs and Warriors-Rockets, obviously. But maybe the bigger picture and the big picture for this summer is what happens in the draft lottery Tuesday night. So the Cavs have won three lotteries. And... They won three in four years. And the one they didn't win, they had the same record as the Pelicans. And they lost a coin toss, and the Pelicans ended up getting eventually Anthony Davis. So the Cleveland Cavaliers have a rich history of doing well in the lottery. Now, they have a 2% chance of getting number one. Nick, Rob, I know you guys follow this stuff intimately. I'm telling you, if the Cavs jump up again, and somehow, somehow win the lottery, there are going to be New York's Knicks frozen envelopes conspiracy theories everywhere. You know this is coming. Well, the NBA wants to keep LeBron in Cleveland. But is there also a counter-argument? Well, wouldn't LeBron make more sense in L.A. for the league? Bigger market, but they would be on West Coast games, so you don't get that, like, 7 to 8 o'clock start. you got to wait for the 10.30 start. Then you'd have your two best teams on the West Coast. So that's a little, Rob, you're looking up. That's a little suboptimal, is it not? I mean, listen, kids on the East Coast are going to be going to bed watching a quarter of LeBron every night. That's not ideal. Whereas LeBron's usually the 7 to 7.30 or the 8 o'clock start. Prime time. So I, my first thought is, Listen, if the Cavs win this lottery again, something's up. Is it wrong of me to think that? No, it's not wrong at all. I don't think they'd actually do it, but it's not wrong at all. What do you think the NBA wants? LeBron to stay in Cleveland or go somewhere else? No, they want LeBron in L.A. or Boston or something like that. I mean, you remember David Stern. They said, what's your ideal finalist of the Lakers versus the Lakers? (laughs) I mean... They know where their bread is buttered. It's on the big markets. And can you imagine what their ratings would be for a Warriors-Lakers oh my regular season game? Not even a, a playoff game. Oh, that's, LeBron finally has ammo. Exactly. Okay, but it's – and again, Brian Windhorst comes on the show sometimes. He went on Woj's podcast this week podcast and speculated, listen, the LeBron options elsewhere are not great. Now, let's take that a next step. What if the Cavs jump up and let's say they get the number two pick, Rob? 
suddenly are they in business? Are they in play for Kawhi Leonard? Now, you proposed a theory. I'll let you explain this one um, on how the Cavs could not only get Kawhi Leonard, but another star to join LeBron. Yes. First thing they got to do is win, get the lottery top three somewhere. I'm, I'm not going to say number one because I feel like that would be a little too obvious. So we'll say they get number two. Two or three. They get two or three. First thing that you do, you take that number two, number three pick, you package it with something, we'll say George Hill, you know, Jordan Clarkson, whatever contract you need to make it work, and you throw it at San Antonio for Kawhi Leonard. So Hill, Clarkson, Hood, Seti Osman, you sure. know, I know you got to toss a Euro in maybe there. Even a, maybe even a uh, future second, something like that. Would you give a future one? I, I put to. a lot of protections on it. But, because but yeah. remember, okay. George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, for Kawhi Leonard, uh, the Sixers could offer better. The Celtics could theoretically offer better. The Lakers, who I don't think are going to offer, could offer better. But okay, let's continue. But none of those teams have a top three pick, do they? That's a fair point. Okay, so there's number one. Now, after you have Kawhi and LeBron, you say, hey, we're already the beasts in the East. We're the number one team. I think them and Boston in 2018, 2019 are going to be going head-to-head. But you don't stop there. You take Kevin Love, who has not been that bad in the last week and a half, two weeks against Toronto, and you call up Oklahoma City and you say, hey, Paul George is going to leave you anyway. (laughs) We'll give you Kevin Love and a future first-round pick for Paul George. So you're mortgaging all the future picks, which who cares? Yeah, you back it up. And now you've got a scenario where Paul George... So Paul George can opt in, like you said, with Chris Paul last year with the Clippers, he had a player option, right? And he wanted them to tear up his deal and get a new one, a Supermax or whatever. But when it was clear they weren't going to offer that, Chris Paul was like, all right, well, I'm out of here. Why don't you just trade me to Houston so you guys get a bunch of stuff and don't lose me for nothing? And then you can opt in. Exactly. So Paul George would say, hey, I'm not coming back to OKC, but I don't want you guys to get shafted. I'll opt in in Cleveland. So now you've got, oh, that's scary. LeBron opts in, Kawhi has a year left, and Paul George has a year left. So they're all essentially on one-year deals. That's scary. I don't like that. And LeBron's like, I'm not coming back. Well, 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 wait a a second. Now, I do want to say, let's just say that played out. They're all on one-year deals. If you're the Cavs, you roll the dice. You say, we give up all the future picks, and we've got to try to make this work. Because it's theoretical that they have a year. Let's say they don't win the title, although that's a sick lineup. And then all three of them leave. And now you're out all your future number ones. So you would be putting everything on the line for one year. Everything. LeBron, Paul, you probably wouldn't have a number one pick for like three years. And if they left after 2019, you would be a 10 or 11 win team. Maybe you start the process. We'll see you in a decade. Nick, you, 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 this is a big roll of the dice, Rob. Because listen, the Golden State Warriors, Boston Celtics have homegrown their franchises. The Warriors drafted exceptionally well Draymond, Clay, Curry. 
The Celtics. I mean, the Celtics are ridiculous. Hey, the Celtics guys could have four first-round picks next year. Seriously. And they've got Tatum. And they've got Brown. And Terry Rozier. Gordon Hayward. Kyrie Irving. I know two of those guys came over via trade and free agency, but picks are the way to build and hitting on those picks. You know, Sixers have built through Simmons and Embiid and Sarich. Cleveland is playing that game where you roll the dice in free agency and you try to make it happen. I Gun to head, Nick. How do the Cavs do on Tuesday night? My God, gun to head. There's no way they're winning the lottery or getting top four. No, there's no I will way. be very angry. As a guy who's been beating the hell out of Lakers, LeBron, Lakers, Paul George, that, uh, that will just go up in smoke Tuesday night if the Cavs fall in the top three. There's no way, but like, Jason... Can you imagine that? Like Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron. But just for one year, like you said, to risk everything, there's no way it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, we've seen, remember Lakers, oh, we got Dwight Howard, we got Steve Nash. Oh, it's going to be uh, great. What happened? Well, and then, No, I'm just saying, and then, and then, you know, last year, oh, Westbrook got Paul George and Armello. What happened? I mean, it's, sometimes it just, I know on paper it looks great, yeah, but that's just, it's good, not worth it. Listen to it's Nick, Tinder Nick, dropping some science. That That's a great point. Brilliant. And I will say this, OKC at one point. Had Durant, Harden, and Westbrook. Three MVPs. And they they screwed that up. I I, I don't think Sam Preston needs to fire himself. I mean, the more you hear about this, it's like, we're how fired. bad did they undervalue James Harden? There, I guarantee you, when they decided we're gonna trade Harden, they never thought he would be this awesome. Well, also the pro- part of the problem is you have these teams that are building themselves to beat a certain team. And they beat they built themselves to beat what the Lakers had, which was Bynum. Powell and Lamar, hey, we need Ibaka. We need Kendrick Perkins. We don't need another guard. Yeah. Ugh. And Catastrophic. Now you're like, Ooh. And the league changed quickly. Exactly. And even LeBron, hey, we got to sign J.R. Smith. We got to sign Tristan. We got to do this. And then the league changed quickly. And Kevin Durant changed teams. And it's like, oh, boy. Gosh, this is fun. Gosh, I love this. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. All right, guys, it's time. Have you done the research? I've been teasing it for an hour and a half. Who is the 75th highest paid quarterback in the NFL? He is the biggest story right now, and I'm going to tell you why next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, Tiger Woods continuing to sizzle. He just birdied another hole. So as we speak in the third round at the Players' Championship today, Tiger is 7-under through 11 holes. He is now down to 8-under par overall. Now just 7 shots behind leader Webb Simpson after trailing by 14 shots when the day began. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Baseball Friday night. Matt Harvey pitched four scoreless innings in his Reds debut as Cincinnati defeated the Dodgers 6-2. Dodgers, by the way, 16-22 and overall, 8-11 and at home. Meanwhile, in Toronto, the Blue Jays' Luke Maley hit a tying 7th inning home run against the Red Sox, and then in the bottom of the 11th inning... Red Sox looking for the double play grounder. First pitch to Maley. Swung on, hit in the air, and the gap in right center field. That's hit deep. That is up, and that is gone! Lukey Barrels walks it off with a two-run homer. Call on 590. The Fan Jays won at 5-3. Finally, in the Stanley Cup playoffs Friday night, the Washington Capitals won at Tampa Bay 4-2 in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. 
All right, folks. Um, I We know it's Mother's Day weekend. Just a reminder. Get your mom a card. Get your wife a card. Don't wait any longer. They're running low on cards. Trust me, I got mine yesterday. Um, and they're running low. Okay, so so get on the ball, all right? I don't care where you are in your station in life with your relationship with your mom. You got you to gotta send a card. You have to. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So uh, we had Adrian Wojnarowski on the show. We've talked Warriors. We've talked Celtics. There's still more meat on that bone. We'll get back to it. But this is an interesting story right now when you look at the NFL. The 75th highest paid quarterback in the league this year. He's actually tied for 75th. He's tied with a man named Cardale Jones. Anybody remember him? Cardale Jones, Ohio State. No, you don't remember Cardale Jones? Oh, okay. His name is Dak Prescott. Folks, Dak Prescott, 75th highest paid quarterback in the league, and even more shocking, he's the lowest paid projected starter for next season. $630,000 salary next season. Rob, you're going to love this. Jimmy Garoppolo with five wins in San Francisco, one in New England. Got a deal where he's making $37 million next season. Dak Prescott, 22 wins for the Cowboys in two years, is making 60 times less of what Jimmy Garoppolo is making. Jimmy Garoppolo, 37 million, won five games last year. Dak Prescott, 630,000, 22 wins in two years. Are you wrapping your head around this? Guess who is up for a new deal next year? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah. He's been underpaid. He was a mid-round draft choice. He can make a killing next year. But it's not that easy. And here's why. Guess who else is a potential free agent next year? Well, let's start with the offensive side of the football the greatest offensive line in the league, the right side, their right tackle and their right guard, Zach Martin and Cam Fleming, both are up as free agents in 2019. And oh yeah, their best two defensive linemen, Demarcus Lawrence and David Irving, led them in sacks last year. They're also free agents. So they have four potential free agents that they got to keep. And oh yeah, Dak Prescott's probably going to want to raise. Here's the thing. So if you're a first-round pick, They have you for five years. That's why the Ravens traded into the first round to get Lamar Jackson. You want that fifth year. If you can build around your quarterback on the cheap, you can make a Super Bowl contender. Seattle did that with Russell Wilson. Now, guess what? They pay Russell Wilson. And what's happening now here two years later? They missed the playoffs. They can't afford all these guys. They got to blow it up. The Cowboys window has one year left. This season. That's it. That's all. The Cowboys window with this great offensive line and Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, they got one year. Because after this season, if Dak Prescott delivers, he's going to say, 
back up the Brinks. I want Garoppolo money. And Dak Prescott's going to go from making 630000 to $30 million. And how are you building around Dak Prescott making $30 million? Even if you want to say, fine, no, no, no. We're not giving him the Garoppolo deal. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Dak Prescott it, it has accomplished way more than Jimmy Garoppolo. So you're not going to give him that? You're going to anger your uh, your potential future quarterback? He could be your franchise guy for the next decade. No, no, we're going to give him closer to uh, Kirk Cousins' money. Okay, well, that's still 25 to $27 million. You like that? Folks, this is a huge story. And I know you're saying, well, Jason, you're just an FS1 guy. And they always talk about the Cowboys. So you just talk. No, this is real talk. He's eligible for an extension next year. If Dak delivers again, and Dak wasn't the reason they sucked last year. And they didn't really suck. You know, they were 9-7. and seven. The Zeke suspension really hurt him. Dak's been a very good quarterback. I know his numbers were down a bit. And it's a pivotal year. I'm just going to remind you of something. I know they got rid of Des Bryant. And Jason Witten retired. Fun fact. Those two guys accounted for 44% of Dak Prescott's targets last year. They were the top two pass catchers. So Dak now is going to be going into the huddle on the first day of, uh, of, of training camp. And it, it guys are going to be wearing name tags. I'm Alan Hearns. I'm Tavon Austin. I'm second round pick Michael Gallup. I'm white rapper Cole Beasley. Like... This is a huge year for Dak. This is massive. And and Rob, this is the scary part. The NFC is ridiculously loaded. I don't think people realize how stacked the NFC is. The AFC is like a three-team race, right? Jaguars, Patriots, Steelers. Raiders. Chargers. Stop. I, I love the Chargers. I don't like the Raiders. Um... <laughs> Uh, you know, there's some other contenders in the AFC. Some teams that could be good. Well, yeah, well, I don't like the Jets. Good. They're not the. They're not the good. But look at the NFC. Are you kidding me? Nine legitimate playoff teams in the NFC. Eagles, obviously. I think the Cowboys are going to be there. The Vikings were in the NFC Championship game and add Kirk Cousins, a real quarterback. The Packers have Aaron Rodgers. That's four. What do you mean, no, Nick? You put the Packers ahead of the Rams right now? No, no, I'm just going down. By, okay, uh, no, right, not order, right. not order. I'm sorry. I'm just going down by division. NFC East, and then that's, okay. Saints are going to be there. Return everybody. Panthers are going to be there. Falcons are going to be there. They got Calvin Ridley in the draft, dude. They, they, they're going to be good again. That's seven. Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, Packers, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. That's seven. Only six teams make the playoff. The Rams have maybe the second-best roster in the NFL. That's eight. I think the 49ers are going to be there, right? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, they won five straight to end the season. Rob, you guys are shaking your head no. Uh, Really? They should be be happy with like seven and nine next year. I think their Vegas over-under is 500. Take the under. Wow. Okay. Okay, you don't want that. I've left out the Seahawks. Can you ever really rule them out? I don't love them, but... Wow, you guys are really thinking about the Seahawks. And the other team, uh, I, I, I I do not like them. I'm a Jets fan. But the New York Giants are going to be very good next year, guys. They they were awful last year. Remember, two years ago, this is a playoff team. Healthy Saquon. Healthy Odell. Better offensive line. 
I'm telling you, the NFC's loaded. Dak Prescott has his work cut out if he wants Jimmy Garoppolo money. This is a big story in Dallas. We're going to be all over it for the next six months. We're going to, we might do a Dallas Cowboys Dak Prescott update weekly. All right, coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. So I, I, we talked about this when Woj joined the show earlier. This total non-story. An NBA player, an NBA star, goes to a baseball game and people are freaking out. Why? We'll talk about that next on the big lead, Fox Sports. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Tiger Woods making a run. It's not a major, so there's really no pressure on him. I know guys are getting excited. You go on social media. People are, oh, Tiger, Tiger. I mean, like, can we calm down? What's the equivalent of a non-major, Nick and uh, Rob, for like the NBA and, and the NFL? It's not quite a preseason game, is it? I, 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 maybe, like a, maybe like a primetime regular season game on TNT? I don't know. Doesn't mean much, but there's a lot of bluster. Hmm? Uh, I guess that it's it's more yeah, so. It's more than a preseason game, uh, but in the grand scheme of things, like it doesn't mean much. Um, speaking of things that don't mean much, I you know it's, social media is just in such a bad place for sports because people were losing their minds because Kawhi Leonard was at a Dodgers game. And and this isn't to knock someone specifically, but Jalen Rose, I turn on my TV Friday morning, and Jalen Rose actually was spewing just stuff that's not true. He said to the something to the effect of, "Well, I mean, Magic Johnson's an owner of the Dodgers. Actually, no, he's not. He sold his stake." And then he said, "The Lakers have two max slots. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's not a free agent, dude." Like, Jalen Rose is a former NBA player. I don't know what he's talking about. I like Jalen Rose. But this idea that the Lakers are going to blow up their young core to get Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Nick, I see you shaking your head. I'm against this a thousand percent. And and then people say, well, you're dumb. Kawhi Leonard's awesome. No, those are two different thoughts. Kawhi Leonard is awesome, yes. But it doesn't make sense to blow up your young core. I'm not giving up Lonzo Ball... Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram for for Kawhi Leonard. No, I'm not doing that. I'm just not. Like the Warriors. You guys remember when the Warriors were talking about getting Kevin Love, who, by the way, was like a top 10 player at the time, and they were going to give up Klay Thompson? You remember how dumb that would have been? Now I know, yes, Kawhi is better than Kevin Love, but you don't blow up your young guys on the cheap to go and get an expensive guy just for the record. And I know and I know Rob and stuff that we've said off the record. I know you disagree with this. I I'm, I'm I'm being straight up honest with you. I I cannot imagine a scenario where Danny Ainge is trading Jason Tatum and, and, and future picks and Terry Rozier or Marcus Smart or whatever for Kawhi Leonard. I don't see that happening. I mean, think about this. If the if the Celtics wanted Kawhi Leonard, they would have to give up Tatum or Brown or both. And then they wouldn't be able to sign Terry Rozier, and they wouldn't be able to sign Marcus Smart. 
Like that, it's just, that's not, that's not good business. Now, Rob, I, I know based on some of the stuff you've heard or said, like you disagree, but I want guys I can get for free. And Paul George is free. LeBron James would be free. And if not, you know what? I wait a year. It's not the end of the world. I, I, I just don't like the idea of having to give up a ton of good stuff. Folks, the reason the Celtics are in the conference finals is because they've got the young guys mixed with veterans. And, oh, yeah, the Celtics have future picks out the wazoo. The Lakers, they exceeded expectations this year. Their Vegas win total was like 32 and a half, 33. They won 35 games. Lonzo missed like 30 games. Kyle Kuzma exceeded expectations. Josh Hart exceeded expectations. They had three guys who averaged 16 a game. That's three good players. Lonzo wasn't one of them, by the way. Now you're going to potentially add LeBron and Paul George? You lose nothing and you... I mean, this is this is math. So this Kawhi Leonard stuff, social media really makes people lose their minds. I mean, it... it I, this is one of the dumbest things I ever heard. Chris Paul beats Raul Neto and, and Royce O'Neal. Remember, Ricky Rubio was out. And Chris Paul now, finally out of the second round, vindicated. I mean, get the hell out of here with that nonsense. I, I don't, go tell me one second round series that Magic Johnson won. Go find me a second round series Jordan won that mattered. Like, just stop with this second round garbage. Social media goes too gaga for Chris Paul. Really good player. And they went nuts. Absolutely off their rocker when, when Kawhi Leonard showed up at a Dodgers game. Like, guys, get something else to focus on. All right, coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, Clay Thompson taking less money. For real? We'll talk about that with the author of the breaking news next. Happy Mother's Day weekend, everybody. I am your host. Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Been a fun two hours. It's now high noon on the East Coast. It's a day where you don't have to sit inside and watch sports. Spend it with your wifey. Spend it with your mom, Mother's Day weekend, grandma's out there. Tomorrow's the day you need to be in front of a TV for Celtics, LeBron. And then, of course, Monday night, Warriors Rockets. We haven't dove too much into Warriors Rockets, but uh, Marcus Thompson, who broke the uh, Clay Thompson news, will be joining us shortly. I want to quickly touch on Warriors Rockets. I think I got a different take on this than a lot of people. The one thing, and Nick, you watch the Jazz Rocket series, right? What struck me was when the Houston Rockets went pick and roll, which they love to do. They go James Harden, and they would get the pick and roll, and James Harden would be isoed against Rudy Gobert or Derek Favors or Joe Ingles 20 feet from the hoop. Chris Paul would do the same thing. That iso ball ain't going to work against the Warriors. Do you know what happens happen. when you try the pick and roll against <laughs> Golden State? It's bad. You've got Chris Paul or James Harden not going against Joe Ingles or Derek Favors or, or Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert's a great defender, but not 20 feet from the hoop against Chris Paul or James Harden. You're now going against Andre Iguodala. You're going against Defensive Player of the Year Draymond Green. 
You're going against Kevin Durant, who's never blocked more shots in his career than this year, and is a good defender who locked down LeBron on Christmas Day. This is not going to work. I, I'm i in the minority here. I like the Warriors to steamroll the Rockets. They may lose game one, but they're the better team and they're winning this series. Joining the show now to help us make sense of the series, as well as the Clay Thompson news, is Marcus Thompson from The Athletic. Marcus, good morning out here on the West Coast. How are you? What a beautiful morning. It 9 a.m. on a Saturday. Let's go. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we got to wait till Monday for Warriors-Rockets. Um, let, let's start, if you, if you want to, with the Clay Thompson news you broke about a contract extension being discussed. Um, you know, I, I started the show with this news because I think it's kind of a big deal that Clay Thompson could hit the open market and be the man elsewhere, make big, big money elsewhere, but he's choosing happiness and less money with the Warriors. We saw Kevin Durant do this. We saw Steph Curry offer to do this. Is is there something about these Warriors players? You know, Curry's dad played in the NBA. Clay's dad played in the NBA. And they, they're choosing happiness over, you know, whether it's 10 20 $50 million extra. Your thoughts? There's got there's got to be something, right? I'm with you. The fact that Clay is willing to discuss an extension, knowing that an extension automatically lowers his maximum, is is huge. If you're the Warriors, you're like you've been thinking forever, man. How are we gonna keep this together? Right? And now Clay's like, look, I'll take way less than what you know I could get. And I think it is something about the players. I think it is something about. You know, Clay, uh, Steph, they've never wanted for nothing, right? They don't have that desperation where it's like, I kind of need to get all of this because I'm comfort nothing. I do think there's a comfort level of having a dad who's been through this before who says, look, you can get this extra 20, but let me tell you what might happen on the back end. And you might end up saying, was that really worth 20? And $150 million, $130 million, $110 million. What are we talking about here? It's all $100 million, so you're going to be fine. I do think these players have a different perspective than your typical NBA player. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, Marcus, there's a lot of players out there who the first thing they want to do when they get their big deal, hey, I- I'm going to buy mom a car. I'm going to buy dad a house. Like, you know, Marcus, we saw Clay Thompson's dad play with the Lakers and win two titles. Steph Curry's dad made $20 million or more in the NBA over, what, 16 years. He, he don't need to do that. You know, that, that's not the top priority. And, and also, you know, Clay Thompson seems like he's built differently. You know, I go on his Instagram, and I'm on Instagram myself. Marcus, uh, no disrespect to Clay Thompson, he, he looks kind of boring. He don't have an entourage, you know. He's not posing and shirtless in front of the Bentley. He's not up in the club popping bottles, you know, every weekend. I mean, he's he's living a good life, but he's just not built like that. And and I, I'm I'm curious as to your thoughts. Are are people going to try to make him look bad by saying, "Hey, he passed up forty million. What an idiot!" No, no question. And the beauty of Clay Thompson is he doesn't care, <laughs> right? It's there's a self awareness with Clay that is enviable. When you know you look at Clay and you're like, "Man, I kind of wish I could stand." a week walking through life like that where I really don't care what people say and it doesn't bother me like I it, it, it blew me away as the Warriors became this it was 
it was Steph and Clay. Steph and Clay. And out of nowhere came Draymond, who becomes this star, and he's much more loquacious, right? And he's just this bigger presence. And Clay just, you know, becomes in the background. And he had no problem with it at all. I think it's just self-awareness from him because also, look, he knows if I go to another team and I get $35 million and I'm the face of the franchise, I'm having to do things that I really don't want to do, right? When last time you see Clay on the podium? <laughs> Clay doesn't like being a spokesman for a team, right? He doesn't <laughs> like having that. Like, he knows all that is coming. He doesn't like people prying into his life. If he goes out there and grabs that, he knows I might have to do this. And in the end, is it worth it? I'm kind of cool where I am right now, yeah. and it, it really takes some strength to be able to say that. In addition, uh, you're also probably getting bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs. <laughs> right. We're talking with Marcus Thompson <laughs> of The Athletic. You can read his latest at theathletic.com backslash Thompson Scribe. All right, Marcus, let me quickly talk Rockets. I remember when you came on the show, I think a year ago, we made some news uh, regarding Steph Curry, Chris Paul, kind of bypassing uh, Chris Paul there to to vault to the top in the league among point guards among players. Uh, Curry's very popular. Is there still uh, some animosity between Chris Paul and Curry? When I first interviewed Curry on my podcast like five years ago, he said one of his players he looked up to was Chris Paul. I I know they used to have a relationship. Now they're going head to head. I feel like the pressure's squarely on Chris Paul and the Rockets in this series. Is it not? No, no question. And you know Chris Paul will love nothing better than to, than to beat Curry once a year. Like, what? Give me one time. All those Clippers losses, right? All those missed opportunities. All the spotlight that the Warriors have stolen from not just the Clippers, but from so many other teams. Like, this is like a vindication thing for Chris Paul. And I do know that their relationship didn't blossom like you might have thought, like even like Steph might have thought. I think that's one of those situations where after they're done playing, like it'll kind of be like, hey, man, that was fun. It was great. We're both from North Carolina. But Chris Paul is so competitive, man. <laughs> He's not messing around. Yeah. He, I, I was listening to something. He's like his son was trying to wear a Steph Curry jersey, and he shut that down quick. Yeah. Like, oh, no, that is not happening. You're not wearing a Steph Curry jersey. You can, pick, you can wear a LeBron jersey. You can't wear it's that it is what it is. This is going to be the matchup for me of the series because this is Chris Paul's chance to validate himself. Even though he's like a, a Hall of Fame point guard, it's his chance to validate himself against Steph Curry. And I think Steph Curry knows that that's what's that's that's what's going to uh, Chris Paul is going to try to make happen. And remember, Chris Paul beat Curry. He was on the uh, Clippers team that was the last to beat the Warriors. They beat him four three in the first round. Uh, 2014, that's a Donald Sterling series. Oh, uh, yes, good point. Good memory, good recall. Uh, let me add another thing. When we t- You talked about uh, self-awareness. I feel like Chris Paul lacks that. You know, Chris Paul seems very insecure with who he is. And wh- I mean, remember, this is a guy on the Clippers. He was probably the greatest Clipper of all time, and his teammates hated him. Blake Griffin hated him. DeAndre Jordan did not like him. Austin Rivers wanted to fight him. Doc Rivers and Chris Paul had a had a weird relationship. Like the guy, for some some reason, he he acts like LeBron James. Remember, they're banana boat buddies, and he carries himself like that. But he's never won like that, and it's tough to sell yourself to other players the way that LeBron does. And you want to act like him when you have never accomplished anything. It's one of like if you were to find a flaw. And Chris Paul's gay because he he's actually an exceptional player. 
but it's as as the true the last great true floor general he really only has one leadership style right and you don't really see him kind of operating this other way i think the real interesting like juxtaposition between chris paul and the fiery true point guard and Steph Curry, the kind of not a point guard, but a little different breed, is one, is in your face, screaming at you, like just burning on 10 all the time. And the other is like the humble, like, hey, I want everybody to shine. Hey, Kevin Durant, come to my team. And people want to play with Steph. It's just interesting that Chris Paul, and part of it is because, you know, he came up at a time where you basically six foot one. Yep. You kind of got to be a bit of a dog, right? And then, and, and when he came up, it wasn't just like, hey, I can shoot and little guys are welcome. It was, I'm a little guy. I have to show that I'm big. And he created this whole this whole competitive edge, and I think it kind of works against him now. On the other end, Steph, people love playing with Steph. They flock yes. to, to play with the Warriors. So yes. it's just a different leadership style. So if there's one flaw about Chris Paul is he probably needs to adjust how he leads his team. And maybe he's doing that now with the Rockets. Let's not forget uh, Marcus Thompson. There was a time when Chris Paul was known as the dude who hits people in the groin. Okay, happened to Wake Forest Ooh. when he was there. Happened in the NBA a couple times. Uh, listen, Chris Paul does not have a sterling reputation. And uh, Marcus, I'll get you out of here on this one. Um, I I just don't see a way the Rockets win this series. Ass- every, assuming everybody's healthy, I can't see it happening. You know, ca- assuming all everybody's healthy, can you see the Warriors losing this series? I see one scenario, right, and only because I've seen it happen already <laughs> in 2016 NBA Finals. Like, at some point, Chris Paul is a Hall of Fame player, James Harden a Hall of Fame player. At some point, they might get to a level, down 2-1, down 3-2, whatever, where they just say, I can't do this anymore. I'm not losing again. And they reach another level. And I watch, I watch live Kyrie Irving do it and LeBron James do it. And just say, look, we're not losing. I have another level to go to. Maybe they, maybe they do reach in the, it's going to take that. It's going to take Chris Paul and James Harden doing something that we've never seen before. Well, well, wait, wait a sec. Hold on. Now, you would have to assume Draymond gets suspended for a game, right? Yeah, a right, lot okay. a lot has to happen, okay, correct, right? right? right, right. And, and, and Steph needs to be hobbled, and yes. Andre Gadala back needs to go out, and Andrew Bogan needs to have a game. I got all that. So just a couple but, things. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a few things, but even if all that happens, they still have to go take it. And that's the only thing. Maybe they've lost so much, right? Maybe they've been ridiculed so much that they just they won't be able to take it again because can you imagine if they lose when they lose the series when they like, lose I like happen? that when yeah. yeah no I mean listen. Can, well can and, you and imagine gets, like what's gonna happen and it gets real interesting because Chris Paul who's gonna be signing that guy to one of these huge monstrous deals he's thirty three you know like I I just don't see it all right Marcus Thompson great stuff thank you very much you can go read his stuff at theathletic.com backslash Thompson scribe and he wrote the great book Golden. The miraculous rise of Steph Curry. Thanks a lot, Marcus. Thank you. Listen, folks, the Warriors, they're going to win this series. I mean, first of all, Nick, real quick, are you, you're not picking the Rockets, are you? Not even close. Uh-huh. It, this is a five-game series. Jason. I say five. Rob, you're not going with the uh, Rockets. It's funny. Everybody loved the Rockets. 65 wins. Yeah, Rob's shaking his head. Folks, it's going to be the Warriors. They're not losing. Unless there's a suspension, uh, an injury, 
Warriors should have this. Now, there is a scenario where Steph Curry gets a couple bogus foul calls, and now you got Quinn Cook running the offense. Um, Draymond Green gets in foul trouble against Capella. You know, James Harden versus Clay Thompson, and fouls become an issue. But I, I don't think home court advantage matters. Go Warriors. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. We're going to go deep into Warriors Rockets, and, and I've got more to say on Cavs Celtics because I, I, I haven't even fully got it out yet about how Boston, I'm picking them in the series, people. I, I know that sounds crazy, and you just saw the Toronto steamroll, but there is a great case to be made for the Celtics. We'll do all that next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Oh, Rob, I just saw a crazy non-sports story that I guarantee you Clay Travis, my buddy, is going to sink his teeth into this week. Should I read the headline or is it not? Male student accuses female student of sexual assault. She says he wanted revenge. That is like red meat. So the girl got suspended. University of Cincinnati. I was just reading that story during the break. It is definitely non-sports. Um, it's uh, <laughs> Clay, if you're listening, that's uh, music to your ears. That's a, that's a good topic. Uh, hey, how many, how many teams are, are we in the Stanley Cup finals, Nick? Uh, we are in the Western and Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. I just saw something about the Winnipeg Jets. They're they're in it. They okay. are. I know people are listening and they're like, oh, this guy knows sports. He doesn't <laughs> even know if the Players' Championship is a major and the, the where we are in the NHL Finals or NHL playoffs. Like, I just, I can't do hockey, you know? we're in the, We're in the time when you need to focus on what matters. Like, I run a website. I'm on TV, like... We're talking about stuff that people care about. Look, it doesn't. It doesn't get you know. We it, no one wants to talk about nationally about hockey because it's such a regional sport. But Jason, NHL playoffs are something to watch, man. Why? Because the intensity level and the way guys play over the regular season. I mean, you know, every, everyone says the playoffs is a different beast, right? Yeah, but I'm in, sure. In hockey, it's such you can see it from the opening drop, dropping the puck. Dude, you could say that about every sport, you, though, <sighs> Nick. I mean, I see college softball. On cable TV right now. I mean, you don't think they're you're, working their I'm butts sorry, off? You're comparing college softball to NHL? No, I'm but saying, but you playoffs. can make that argument about any sport. Okay. Golf, well, tennis. Jason, no. so every, look, okay. everything Nick said is true. And it's also true that our ratings went down by three points. <laughs> Robin, to jump in quickly. Hockey? What the heck? Trying to get me fired over here. Back to the NBA playoffs. You're fired. See, that's the thing. There is a good segment to be made about what... It's like with your kids when you're feeding them dinner. We know they don't want the vegetables. We know that. They don't want the asparagus, the carrots. But you've got to feed that to them. There's parallels to that everywhere. What you want versus what you should get. And, you know, we did a Cowboys segment earlier, and I, I joked we should do a Dak Prescott update, like, weekly on this show. Again, you can't underestimate the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is getting paid 60 times what Dak Prescott is. And, oh, yeah, Dak's up for a deal next year. And the Cowboys are going to have a problem building around Dak when they've got all these free agents coming up. And it's like, 
that's a big story. Now, we're way early on it, you know. Should we dive into it wholeheartedly because it's the Cowboys and everybody cares about them? Maybe. But the NBA playoffs are here now. We're talking about them over NHL, Tiger Woods, yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to give you my four-minute breakdown as to why the Celtics are going to beat LeBron. Okay, here's the abridged version. So when you look at the matchups, Ty Lue versus Brad Stevens is basically like... Cole Beasley rapping against Eminem, okay? But seriously, Ty Lue knows nothing about coaching, guys. He's not a good head coach. Uh, He was coached into a body bag by Nate McMillan in the first round. If LeBron doesn't get heroic and go bonkers, the Cavs are at home. I don't care about Toronto. We know they're a bunch of jokers. Those guys are frauds. That's well established. They're choking dogs. Okay, so coaching advantage to Boston. Who's the better team defensive efficiency, Celtics or Cavs? Celtics. They can switch on anything. Anything. They know, hey, man, they're, the Cavs' bread and butter against Toronto was, hey, let's get Kyle Korver and Kevin Love in a screen situation. If they follow Love into the post like the morons on the Raptors did, Kyle Korver's open and it will splash away. If they don't, we got Kevin Love isoed against C.J. Miles on the block. And then Kevin Love wakes from his uh, slumber against the Pacers. Kevin Love averaged 10 points a game against Indiana. Couldn't do a damn thing. And everybody, me included, oh, well, his hand is hurt. He can't grip a basketball. He can't shoot. It sure looked fine against Toronto. You know? So it's like the, the Celtics know that's coming. Okay. We have Jalen Brown. We have Marcus Morris. Or we could go Jason Tatum and, and Al Horford. Or we can go uh, Marcus Smart and, 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 and uh, Jalen Brown. Whatever you want the matchups to be, they are like the Warriors. Nick, we just said this. The Warriors are going to be able to switch on anything for the Rockets. There's no advantage. We know the Rockets are going to say, oh, there's Steph Curry. Let's get Trevor Ariza, who Curry's guarding, to pick for Harden. Okay, fine. Well, you know, Curry's going to go out and guard Harden. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, Curry's not a great defender, but it's not the end of the world. It's not Joe Ingles against James Harden, right? So we know what the Cavs are going to do. LeBron is going to say, who do I want in the pick and roll? Where can I find Kevin Love? Where's Korver? Because that, honestly, Kyle Korver's like their second best option. And the Celtics can shut all that down because they're switchable on defense. So defensively, I give the Celtics the advantage. They have the advantage coaching and defensively. Who's a better three-point shooting team, percentage-wise, in the playoffs? Take a guess. Boston Celtics. So they now have three advantages. Then a fourth advantage is home court advantage. What are the advantages the Cleveland Cavaliers have over the Celtics? They got experience, right? I mean, tons of playoff experience. I mean, Tatum's never played in a game this level. You know, Al Horford has the most experience in the playoffs for these Celtics. And the other one is LeBron, which you can't really account for. So, Nick, if I'm Boston and I'm Brad Stevens, who is a defensive genius, I mean, Brad Stevens is so damn good. By the way, this is how good Brad Stevens is. So there was an article showing that the Celtics, want something in the guys they draft, part of their DNA is we want guys who, when there's a loose ball, they're going to die for it. They're going to fight for that ball. And there there was a clip of, 
a loose ball and Shane Larkin, who's like the backup point guard now. Okay, this is a D-League player, but because Kyrie's out, Shane Larkin's in there. And there was a loose ball and Shane Larkin didn't dive for the ball. Brad Stevens pulls him out of the game. He doesn't go back in until garbage time. After the game, Brad Stevens is like, yeah, we need to dive for those loose balls. We need to make the rotations quicker. He would love Westbrook then, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah, he would love Westbrook. I'm sure Brad Stevens would love Westbrook. <laughs> it's, that's and throw that in. So, Shane Lark, like, Brad Stevens isn't going to yell at you. He's not going to treat you like garbage and say you're lazy. He, Brad Stevens is going to say, this is how we do it. This is what we need to do. Let's do this next time. He doesn't derisively yell at players. You'll never see Brad Stevens yelling. This is what makes him special. Listen, everybody has leadership, you know, tendencies their own way. We know Bill Belichick can treat people like garbage. In a in a, in a film session with Tom Brady and the rest of the offense, he's going to bash Tom Brady and say, hey, we'll go down to uh, Foxborough High School and get the quarterback who can make this pass that Tom couldn't. And Tom Brady's secure enough in himself, he doesn't care. But for some people, that's mentally like, holy cow, uh, uh, you know, and freak out. That's not, Tom Brady's fine. Brad Stevens doesn't act that way. He operates out of a leadership role where he's going to say, you didn't do this. We need to do this. And that's why he maximizes his players. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you want to know why they're great? Already? Because early in the season, in games that don't matter, He's throwing his young guys into difficult spots. They grow up that way. They're ready for this. Let, uh, I'm going to go to break here. I'm just going to put this out here. Nick, Rob, playoff rankings for NBA rookies. Donovan Mitchell, number one. Jason Tatum, number two. Yes. Ben Simmons, number three. Yep. Tatum has been better than Ben Simmons in the playoffs. You know, I'm going to expand on this because I said yesterday on Speak for Yourself, Ben Simmons got exposed against Boston. And Kenyon Martin, like, came after me. He was, like, angry. I was like, dude, what? So we're going to expand on that next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. I was going to begin with Tiger Woods, but I'm troubled, Jason, that Kenyon Martin is upset at you. That's just one person who (laughs) you just do not want to be angry at you. Under any circumstances. Another would be Charles Oakley, by the way. <laughs> anyway, we do begin with Tiger Woods at the Players' Championship. He opened the day 14 shots behind leader Webb Simpson. And then today in round three, Tiger birdied eight of the first 12 holes. Since then, he's gone par, bogey, par. Today, he's seven under through 15. He is at eight under par overall for the tournament and is now just seven shots off the lead. Baseball Friday night. Matt Harvey pitched four scoreless innings in his Reds debut as Cincinnati defeated the Dodgers 6-2. Dodgers now 16-22 and overall. Eight games behind the first-place Diamondbacks in the National League West. The Twins rallied for three in the top of the ninth to beat the Angels 5-4. Max Scherzer struck out 11 in seven innings. He also went two for three at the plate with an RBI double in the Nationals' 3-1 win at Arizona. Finally, in the Stanley Cup playoffs Friday night, the Washington Capitals won at Tampa Bay 4-2 in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Jason, back over to you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from no longer rainy Los Angeles. Looks like the rain has ceased, which is great news means I can go to the beach this weekend. 
15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Yeah, so uh, I talked about Kenyon Martin being upset with me. He's an interesting guy because a lot of these former athletes, like Steven Jackson, they come through the halls at FS1, and I'm a sponge when I'm around these dudes. I'm just learning stuff, listening, just picking up whatever I can. And Kenyon Martin was like, fine, everything was fine. And then once I bashed Carmelo Anthony on the set with him. And I didn't know that was his guy. Like, they're tight. They were in Denver together in New York. And Martin kind of, you could see, like, the fire in his eyes. Like, dude, how are you going to bash my guy Carmelo? And off the set, I was like, whoa, well, I, uh, you know, I know. And he just kind of laughed. He's a nice guy. He's a big softy. But, yes, he has, like, a stern thing about him, and he's a big dude. Um, he told a great Chris Paul story. I hope I'm not speaking out of place, you know, here for Kenyon. Um, but he didn't tell this on the show. But. And again, Chris Paul, we talked about it. This, this dude can really ride some folks. He can be a jerk. And on the bench one time with the Clippers, like Chris Paul was, you know, was saying like, hey, man, you didn't do the rotation and drop some curse words on Kenyon Martin. And Kenyon said, whoa, 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 stop. I will slap the bleep, bleep, bleep out of you to Chris Paul. And it was like, he said it was, Chris Paul like looked at him like, okay, I'm not going to say that anymore. So... Then Kenyon Martin leaves, and apparently Chris Paul went and ran his mouth about Kenyon Martin to some people Kenyon Martin knows. So it got back to Kenyon. So then Clippers were playing. I guess Kenyon was on the Knicks, and Chris Paul went up to like shake his hand during while they were stretching. And Kenyon says, "You better get the bleep bleep beep out of my face." And Chris Paul was like, "Oh, oh, so it's like that, okay." And you know, like Kenyon Paul doesn't. Kenyon Martin does not mess around. He he doesn't. He's a nice guy, but he got upset at me for saying Ben Simmons got exposed. Listen, we knew Ben Simmons could not shoot. Here's a fun stat. Rob, are you ready for this? File this one away. Kenyon Martin. I'm sorry. Ben Simmons, this season as a rookie, from 10 to 16 feet out, shot 31%. 10 to 16 feet. That's like a mid-range jumper. That's a little beyond the foul line. 31%. Everybody has that information, and he still kills the Miami Heat. He's still got 16, 8, and 8. He, I mean, he was, like, un- unstoppable. Brad Stevens takes that information and says, oh, okay. Here's what we're going to do. And what does Ben Simmons do? He has a one-point game. You know, Ben Simmons was totally bottled up, totally confused, had no idea what he was doing out there because of Brad Stevens. He's a genius. And I thought Ben Simmons got a little bit exposed. Well, now... There's a full series of tape on Ben Simmons from that Celtics series, and everybody should look at it and say, oh, so what they had was long-limbed dudes guarding Ben Simmons, saying, we'll give you any jumper. We're not giving you a head of steam. We're going to play you certain ways, and we're going to have guys help when you come to the rim. And Ben Simmons could do nothing in that series. And you're like, oh, Brad Stevens, he's kind of a good coach. Well, listen, uh, Simmons got a little bit exposed. Listen, everybody knows the defense for Donovan Mitchell. Here's what you got to do. Rockets couldn't stop Donovan Mitchell. He torched him for 22 and a quarter. I mean, Jason Tatum has been ridiculous. So I think it's true. Ben Simmons, while a great player, transformational, I I made a list of the 25 best players under 25. He's number one. But in that series, he got exposed. Jason Tatum did not. Now, what we're going to see, Celtics-Cavs, Sunday, 
I think we're going to see Tatum on LeBron. I think we're going to see Jalen Brown on LeBron. I think we're going to see Marcus Morris on LeBron. Fun fact for you, this is a fact. In 2015-2016, the best individual defender in the NBA versus LeBron was Marcus Morris. So we're going to see him on LeBron. And then LeBron and him almost got in a fight in a Cleveland-Detroit uh, Cleveland series a couple years ago. File that away. I think we could could see a little of Al Horford on LeBron, not a lot, and Marcus Smart. They're going to rotate defenders on him. I'm telling you, it's not going to be easy for LeBron. Now, yes, he's still going to get 30 to 35 and triple doubles, but the key to the series to beat them is what Indiana did. Don't give Kyle Korver anything. If Kevin Love has a 25-point game, you're losing. Nick, have you seen the Kyrie Irving stats from last year against the Celtics? 25 a game. Shot 62% from the field, 50% from three. Where on earth are the Cavs getting that from this year? I Jordan Clarkson? It. I mean, hey, I like my I, I like Clarkson because I'm a Laker fan, but I don't What's I don't your know. pick in the series? Cleveland and seven. It's gonna be a it's gonna so, be a hard fought series. Okay. Quick reminder the last series LeBron faced the Celtics the first time around. They lost in six, tore off his jersey when he left the court, went to Miami. Yep. Do you know what, Jason, real quick, do you know, I mean, we did our whole, you know, we, every preseason of the NBA, we do our whole picks, and do you know what, I, I remember saying that the real finals, and I couldn't wait, and I thought it was going to happen for sure, but they don't, the Boston Celtics don't have Kyrie Irving. I could not wait until the Cavs and LeBron James met Kyrie Irving and the Celtics, and it's happening without Kyrie. Okay, and if they had, so sad. if they had just, Kyrie, say that. if they had Kyrie, would you pick them to beat LeBron? Ooh. If they had if they had Hayward to <sighs> Yes. Rob, what's your pick in the series? Cavs in six. Cavs in six. If they had Kyrie, would you pick the Celtics? No. Huh. If they had Kyrie and Hayward, would you pick the Celtics? Yes. Interesting. So I'm going Celtics in seven. Jason, real quick. I know that. You said Celtics in seven? Celtics in seven. Okay. They're yeah. going to win. They're going to beat LeBron in game seven at home. It, it, so you're pretty much saying Brad, this is like Brad Stevens versus LeBron James, almost. Pretty much. Okay. And you got Brad Stevens. So is Brad Stevens to you pretty much the next pop, Phil? Yeah. But whatever. Brad Stevens, by the way, is 19 and 21 as a career in the playoffs. Yep. That's it. Under 500. Now, he hasn't had a ton of talent. He's done it with smoke and mirrors. Um, hey, while we we're on the Celtics, let me ask you guys this. So we talked about Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, uh, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, all these guys that Brad Stevens pumped up, and they're not nearly as good out of his system. Terry Rozier, scary Terry. Hey, I mean, the guy is fearless. What is he away from Brad Stevens? I I don't think anybody can know. Honestly, we're seeing Tatum and Brown look awesome. I don't... Is this? I mean, I mean, Crow, I mean Crowder, Avery Bradley, what, Avery Bradley. We that? haven't heard his name. You're exactly right. I, I I don't know what he's doing in Detroit. I've no. Last year, this time, he was one of the best defenders in the league. I I just feel like the Celtics defensively. I think they're going to be able to do what Indiana did. And remember, Indiana, they were they lost a game seven by four in Cleveland. How scary is this team next year? Gordon Hayward, like their closing five could be Kyrie, Hayward, Brown, Tatum, 
and Horford. Jason, I- I'm a Laker fan. And I hate the Celtics. I- I- we do a preview every year, like I said. I'm already done. Like I'm- the Celtics are my pick next year, and I'm not even thinking about already. About twice. Wow, yes. you don't know where Kawhi's going? Okay, no, I don't even care. Okay, so we need to get the. We'll do the Rockets um, thing next, but brighter future, Rob and Nick, Sixers or Celtics. Celtics, and it's not close. Not close. Not close. I love Tatum. Rob, he's going to go Sixers. I Sixers. I can see it. Why? Ooh. Why? Their two best players are better than the other team's two best players. Okay. Or will be better. Excuse me. Is Joel Embiid better than Kyrie? Hell yeah. Really? Joel Embiid held in check by Al Horford. How, a healthy Joel Embiid is going to be a monster. It's a big if. That is a big if. He's been healthy this year. He has Uh been. He's been great. All right, coming up next, we wrap up the show. Warriors, Rockets, and also, also, a little NBA draft talk just because I can't help myself. Sorry, Rob. (laughs) That's next on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Fun show. Honestly, folks. If I had another hour to do, I could bang it easily. No problem. I got material for you. Listen, I I got into it with Chris Broussard this week on his podcast, if you guys listen, about Ben Simmons and whether LeBron should go to Philly or whether LeBron should go to Lakers. Because listen, uh, I'm telling you right now, for the next seven weeks, that's all anybody's going to talk about. I know we got the playoffs. I know we got the draft lottery. Whatever happens... In this series to LeBron or in the finals, it's going to impact whether he leaves or not. It has to. You can't say it. it's not going to. The lottery Tuesday night's going to have a huge impact. We talked with that about Adrian Wojnarowski uh, earlier in the show. If the Cavs move up Tuesday night, I would say LeBron to L.A., we need to pump the brakes on that. And I, you know I have not been Mr. Pump the Brakes on that. But if they jump into the top two, they suddenly have bargaining chips. Now, if they don't jump into the dump, if they don't jump up, and you see that Cavs thing turn up as eight or nine or whatever, yeah, let's go, Lakers! LA is going to be fired up. Woo! I, I here's the other thing. Uh damn. Okay, so I'm going to cram this in late. Uh, there was a story on Donovan Mitchell this week. I forget the outlet. Might have been the Washington Post. So Donovan Mitchell was working out for teams last year leading up to the draft, and. Out of the blue, the Utah Jazz called and were like, we want to talk to Donovan Mitchell. So they bring him in, and he's like, well, I'm supposed to go in the lottery. You guys don't even have a lottery pick. He did it anyway because he's like, hey, I'll work out for everybody. You never know. Jazz eventually traded up and got him. But at the workout, there was like five other dudes. Donovan Mitchell was obviously the best. You know who the second best player at the workout was? Josh Hart of the Lakers. And apparently... Mitchell got the better of Josh Hart, obviously. But Josh Hart held his own. And Josh Hart was asked, hey, he's like, man, I went up against a lot of guys in workouts. The only guy that beat my beep, my bleep was Donovan Mitchell. And Mitchell obviously ended up going in the lottery. Detroit fired their coach and GM because they passed on him. And obviously, he, you know, Stan Van Gundy, not that good. Um, and the Lakers got Josh Hart. I'm telling you, man. Lakers fans, there is a lot to be excited about. Josh Hart is really good. I'm so excited. Lonzo Ball, 
We haven't even seen close to the best of him. Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and if you add Paul George and LeBron, that's a 60-win team right there, right there with the Warriors. I'm dead serious. LeBron goes to Philly. Guys, and Rob and Nick, we should just do the LeBron special one day. Because honestly, I don't think LeBron to Philadelphia makes that much sense. Okay? I've got the numbers, and Broussard, I, I didn't give these numbers to him because I didn't have them at the time, but they would have surprised him. In the playoffs, guess which player had the most touches of any player on any team? Ben Simmons. Time of possession in the playoffs, number four, Ben Simmons. In the regular season, time of possession with the basketball, Russell Westbrook one, James Harden two, John Wall three, Ben Simmons eight. The Ben Simmons has the ball the entire time. You can't bring LeBron to the to the 76ers and say, oh, uh, LeBron, we need you to become a three-point shooter or get on the block. Now you got a crowded lane with Embiid, LeBron, Simmons. And toss in Markel Fultz, who can't shoot. He can't shoot a lick. And you're losing J.J. Redick. He made $23 million. You can't afford him. And, and, and bring on LeBron. This isn't going to work. LeBron to the Sixers is not going to work. That is pure fool's gold. It, lo- it looks good on paper, Jason, like I said earlier. that is That will not work. Rob, any quick thoughts, LeBron Sixers? Well, if you're saying it won't work, mean they won't win a championship, then maybe. But any team with LeBron is going to work. No, 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 well, no. In that East, yeah. I mean, they're going to win 50 games, yeah. They but, I mean, like to 55. win a title, I don't know they get by by Boston. No. I don't know. I'm just saying, when you look at what works, it's pass the ball, okay, and spread the floor and make three-pointers and have players who aren't traditional and can all make three-pointers. But that only applies to Golden State. That's because well, their okay. bar so is here, way up here. Okay. The rest of the league is right here. So Houston... Has guys who can all make threes uh-huh. when Capella's off the floor. Yep. The difference is they're the number one isolation team in the league. They don't pass. So what they do is they say, okay, we're going to have James Harden go one-on-one against people, and you have two choices. He's going to beat you to the rim, or you're going to double him, and we're, we're, Trevor Ariza and P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon are going to splash threes. That's the new NBA. Is it not? Or are you just saying that's only two teams? What are the other 30 doing? No, that's right. I mean, it, I just think it's not fair to the rest of the league when, you know, especially a team like Houston. Golden State is so good. They're so head and shoulders. They're going to beat them regardless of what happens. And because the Rocks are not going to win a championship, we're going to say, well, it didn't work. You know, it's not fair to them. It's not I, think fair. You, I think you just got next week's topic. There it we go. It didn't work, you know. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you, Isaac, for the updates. Tinder Nick, Iowa Sam. We got such a motley crew here. Producer Rob coming with the great stuff. Thank Adrian Wojnarowski. Great show. The podcast will be up. Happy Mother's Day weekend to everybody. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.